0: Today, we're looking at the power of language and how the left wants to continually change definitions in order to shape our perception of reality. But we'll also see that this is not just a left-right thing, but this is really a human thing. As we look at George Santos, who is a Republican congressman and who has never told a apparently a truth in his life. And then we'll also look at a recent TikTok video that went viral that has to do with hate speech. And we'll ask the question, well, is what really happened in this video something that should be punishable by law? And then finally, we'll look at the White House who consistently wants to redefine words like inflation and recession for us so that we won't believe our lying eyes or our lying wallets. We'll look at that and more today on Think. Don't forget, today's show is sponsored by our friends over at Anchor. Now, we're getting to tax season. And it's important that you have your taxes in order. So if you're looking to get some help filing end of year taxes, or maybe you're just looking for help trying to take your business to the next level, our friends over at Anchor can help you. In fact, they can put legs underneath your vision in a variety of ways. They can help you with payroll, they can help you with hiring, they can help you with accounting, and so much more. But to figure out everything that they can do to help your business exceed, you need to go to anchor.biz. That's A-N-C you are .biz and when you do so let them know that indie thinker sent you welcome to the show don't forget to like share and subscribe if you haven't done so already and what are you waiting on if you if you haven't and by the way you can also comment down below if you've got something very articulate to say like most of the people on youtube and the twitter sphere um, i want to before i jump into the show today i want to just quickly announce to you guys something that i just revealed um, uh, today, actually, when I was on the radio. And that is that uh, the documentary that is going to be coming out in 2023 by Indie Thinker is a documentary about fatherlessness. I believe that this linchpin issue is perhaps one of the most important things that we can discuss as we look at what's going on in culture. I believe fathers and the nuclear family is one of the most important issues facing our country today so as i go around the country discussing with experts people who uh, agree with my my side of things here and the importance of the role of fathers and those who wish to diminish the role of fathers i hope this investigative documentary will be something that's really beneficial and powerful and really makes a dent in this issue as we, As I do this documentary, it's my hope that it will inspire fathers to really understand their importance and not to listen to the cultural forces that want to diminish their role in society. But needless to say, that begins production very soon, and I'm excited to be able to do that. If you guys want to go to support the film, you need to go to IndyThinker.org to, to do so. And you just scroll down and you go to the support button, click that, and uh, then you can give a tax-deductible offering to what we're doing here at IndyThinker. Now, Jumping into the show today, I'm going to go a little Old Testament on your behinds today to quote Samuel L. Jackson, of course, with a little Christian twist. And I've been thinking about the Book of Exodus because I watched the Jordan Peterson series on the Book of Exodus with all those scholars around the table, and I thought it was fascinating, really, really interesting. Um, I felt like there was a large piece of the puzzle missing in terms of kind of like the evangelical Christian world and their voice being represented at the table. But obviously, Oz Guinness is is in that realm and is a fantastic uh, voice for uh, for the truth of Scripture and for Christianity, but uh, but I felt like there were some things missing. And, and one of those things would be this revelation of God in Exodus chapter 3. And God says to Moses when he meets him at the burning bush, he says, uh, Moses says, you know, like, how do I let people know who you are? Uh, How should I identify you, God? (laughs) Because we're so good in this world, especially today, about self-identifying. So he's saying, how should I identify you, God? And God says, I am who I am. Now, the correct translation of what God says there is I am who I will be. And so the idea is two things. The first one is this, is that God is God. He is divine. He is unchanging. And the other idea also present in this revelation is not only is that God is divine, but that he is sovereign. So the the translation here is very important. I am who I will be is important because it's not just what it's usually translated as, which is I am who I am. I am who I will be seems to suggest something that that I think is important to understand about God, which is that God does not change based upon our time, our culture, our whims, and our desires. Now, how important is it that we have a Father in heaven who isn't constantly bowing to the whims and the demands of his people, but that he is a God who calls us to understand who he is and that he doesn't change based upon our emotional fickleness. He is who he will always be. And in other words, he will not be perhaps what you want him to be. No matter how much you want God to be welcoming and affirming, he won't be. No matter how much you want God to bend and bow to your desires, he won't be. Now, perhaps on an anecdotal level, the way that we've most recently done this, and we consistently see this, and this is why I'm bringing it up, is we've done this in the beyond meat uh, industry, or the vegetarian meat industry. So right now, Beyond Meat, who was at one point in time, the golden child of the plant-based meat alternative industry is now hemorrhaging money and also hemorrhaging employees. And part of the reason for this is because it costs four times more to make fake chicken and two times more to make fake beef than it does to to just get the real deal. Not to mention the fact that the vast majority of people who eat the stuff recognize that it tastes basically like chewing on the edge of a Frisbee. So the food is not that great and it's incredibly expensive to make but most importantly and this is why i bring it up is that it is also less nourishing for you than real meat which is why only about one-tenth of the population is vegetarian because the vast majority of people realize that you will not get the nutrients you need just from plants and plant-based diets alone, or if you do, it's very hard to do that. And all of the nourishment that is found in meat that cannot be found in the plant world tells us this, that God made things with a purpose, and when we try to reject that purpose, it comes back to bite us in the butt. Now, this happens in a multitude of ways. But it's important to us to recognize that there is a created order and there is a way in which things should be now dystopian novelists like george orwell have been talking about created order and the rejection of that for a long time and it makes up the dystopian novels of 1984 and brave new world and many others when we try to push against nature nature has a way of coming back to bite us in the butt, and this is no truer than in the case Of language. Now, in 1984, George Orwell does a great job of illustrating something called Newspeak. And in 1984, Newspeak is the authoritarian government pushing down a new way of speaking upon people. It is the government putting strictures upon free speech. And it was a way to force people to do what they know is wrong through the manipulation of language. Today, we have something very similar being shoved down our throat. Uh, You might call it New new Newspeak. Today, we have totalitarians um, not using the restriction of speech, but actually using the destruction of language by broadening out the definition of things to totally destroy the original meaning of these things so that ultimately the words we say no longer have meaning anymore this most recently just happened with the respect for marriage act while we endlessly redefine marriage we find that we're undermining what marriage actually is now as a christian this is something that we're far too familiar with the word christian has been used so often and so commonly that it has begun to lose its meaning to the point where now whatever a person wants to define as Christian can be Christian. And so in a very real way, people believe that they are Christians because they go to church maybe on Christmas and Easter only and then believe some very tertiary teachings of the Bible, perhaps that they learned from TBN. But the historical reality of Christianity has almost totally escaped our modern era, and it makes me wonder, too, if Christians of the past would come and see Christians of the present and come away scratching their head wondering how that person could ever define themselves as a Christian. But suffice to say, it all illustrates this point that what we say matters, and those who know the truth must speak it as much as possible so that the world in which we know is not continually redefined into insanity, and that's what we'll talk about in our stories today. So in Christianity Not Today, we look at current events going on today that are not so Christian and then try to provide a Christian perspective on those things. And today is no exception because we're going to be looking at George Santos. Now, George is a Republican congressman, and he was just recently on Fox News. And he was on Fox News because all throughout his campaign, he had consistently lied. He lied about who his family was. He lied about where he went to school. He lied about where he worked. He lied about just about everything he possibly could. So George Santos is from uh, New York and he just recently was elected based upon largely all these lies that he said and everything that he said about himself, by the way. Maybe all but his name, because presumably the guy's name is George, uh, but but all that he said was a lie. And so here's his recent interview with Tulsi Gabbard on Tucker Carlson tonight, and I think you'll find what he has to say kind of interesting. So we're going to respond to it here.
1: Congressman-elect Santos, thank you for joining us today. Um, first question I really want to ask you, now that all of this has been refi- revealed, is What does the word integrity mean to you?
0: And and I just have to stop right there real quick. Look at this guy's face. This is a totally unserious man. Look at his face there, but also throughout this interview, this is a dude that does not care if he's lying. And I hear somehow the voices from TikTok and the Twitter sphere and from our secular humanist culture crying out and saying, what does it matter if he lies? You know, sometimes a good lie in service of a greater goal is is worth it. And this is the secular humanism of, of our age. And, and even this, which I hear in my circles, oh, don't put your purity culture on us, your evangelical Christian culture upon us. Quit being judgy, as it were. It doesn't matter if he tells the truth. Well, of course it matters if he tells the truth, because one, it matters to the constituents of his, of his district who just voted him into office based upon the things that he says. And by the way, Outside of that, the truth matters because the truth matters. It is inherently good. If we do not have truth, we do not have anything by which we can build society upon. We live in a constantly ever-changing world that leaves us with total uncertainty. And by the way, as we'll discuss a little bit further in the show, also leaves us on the road to serfdom. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but let's keep on watching.
2: Of course, it means to to carry yourself in an honorable way. And I made a mistake. And I think humans are flawed. And we all make mistakes, Tulsi.
0: I made a mistake. Okay. No, a mistake is when you accidentally drop something on the ground. I was just recently in a car accident, and uh, I think accidents are a little bit of a misnomer because when you pull directly out in front of somebody without watching, by the way, which is what happened to me, when you pull out in front of somebody when you're supposed to be at a stop sign because you're not looking, that's not an accident. That's you being an income poop. So this, this idea of mistakes. This dude didn't make a mistake. He is a pathological liar and totally obsessed with himself because he only cared about getting in office rather than actually serving people. Which are we? Are we done with this yet? I certainly are. I hope we are on the Republican side. Uh, and again, we'll talk about this in just a second. But let's keep watching because uh, we're gonna get a new definition for bravery here. So check this out.
2: Um, I think we can all look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that once in our life we made a mistake. I'm having to admit this in national television for the whole country to see. And I have the courage to do so because I believe that in order to move past this and move forward and be an effective member of Congress, I have to face my mistakes and I'm facing them.
0: Oh, so now he's brave. He's brave because he's admitting to the fact that everything the man ever said since he was in grade school is a lie. No, dude, you just got caught. This is, this is so typical. This is, um, this is just like the man that got caught having an affair, and he then he tries to turn around and blame it on his wife and says, well, I, you know, well, I'm talking to you about it now. Doesn't, doesn't that account for something? I'm telling you the truth now. Yeah, well, you're telling the truth because you got caught, red-handed man. All right, so uh, he, he talks a little bit more about his bravery here and uh, equivocates by letting us know that, well, Joe Biden lied, so can't I lie? So here's that.
1: The thing is, Congressman-elect, uh, integrity means yes, carrying yourself with honor, but it means it means telling the truth, being a person of integrity. Of and if I were one of those in New York's third district right now, now that the election is over and I'm finding out all of these lies that you've told—not just one little lie or one little embellishment; these are blatant lies. M- my question is: Do you have no shame? Do you have no shame in the people who are now you're asking to trust you to go and be their voice for them, their families and their kids in Washington? Tulsi,
2: I can say the same thing about the Democrats and, and the party. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been lying to the American people for 40 years. He's the president of the United States.
0: Now, I don't know how this dude was raised because we haven't yet heard a single thing that was true about his family. So I can only tell you this, that I was raised with this cliche. That if your friends jump off a bridge, should you jump off a bridge too? I was also raised with the cliche, two wrongs don't make a right. Apparently, this man never heard this before because he thinks just because the Democrats are pathological liars that he should lie as well. Um, I failed to see how that circular logic actually makes sense. Uh, But let's see one more thing about him because I think we'll find that this dude is a little bit more left than than we would like to admit. And um, you'll, you'll see it here in this comment.
1: Are you Jewish? We've, we've got a letter that your campaign sent out earlier this year, which reads as follows. As a proud American Jew, I've been to Israel numerous times for educational, business, and leisurely trips. You said there in that letter that you are, quote a proud American Jew. How do you, how do you explain that?
0: my heritage is jewish i've always identified as jewish i so as much as i want to be fair-minded and i want to be uh you know unpolarizing and apolitical here i have to tell you this dude saying i identify as jewish like what the heck are you even talking about man like i i, I identify as a flying elephant uh, this dude must be a democrat because of the way he uses language because of the way he lies And this is the point that I wanted to bring up at the end of the day, given the idea of the theme of the show that we're going for with new new newspeak and the broadening out of definitions. And it's just this, that... I believe that it is important to have polarization in politics. See, we have this misperception in democracy that the majority should be the rule, but the majority doesn't get to define morality because uh, the majority of people can choose to do something as they did in Nazi Germany, and it can still be wrong and should be illegal. And I'm only saying this because the majority of Republicans— are so much like Democrats these days that what we desperately need is we need a new Republican Party. What we need is a Republican Party that is held accountable by their constituents and by the people who voted for them to make sure that they are unapologetically pro-life, that they are unapologetically anti-gender-transitioning, for children and doing the best they can to hold doctors and big pharma accountable for what they're doing to adults. These are the kind of issues that right now we can capitalize upon because there are so many cowardly Republicans who will not stand up and fight back for the things that matter most. Throughout this interview with Tulsi, we heard this man talk about inflation over and over and over again because he thinks you're dumb. He thinks that the only thing you care about is his rhetoric on inflation and whether, whether or not he actually does anything about it is totally irrelevant. He just believes that if you talk enough about money, you will vote him into office and nothing else matters. But the last time I checked, the one thing that matters more than anything else to truly change the world is courage. And courage looks like somebody who is willing to take stands based upon truth regardless of their level of popularity. And what we may find in the midst of doing that That actually the people who truly make a difference and are willing to be courageous are the ones who will be the most popular. The people who will get the greatest following are those who are willing to stand up for something. By and large, this is not what we have in the Republican Party of today. This is why we need people like Ron DeSantis, who actually stands for something, to be a presidential candidate in the future and people like him. So far be it from me to make a DeSantis campaign ad right now, but I will just tell you this. The kind of people that we need in office are the kind of people who have the courage to tell the truth. So... Impeach this fool or do whatever you need to to get rid of him because we need to reclaim the term Republican because it is being used and abused and has been so for far too long. Now it doesn't mean anything. It means wishy-washy person who merely wants to gain political office. So we need to reclaim the truth and the definition of the word Republican and certainly the word conservative along with the word hate speech and oppression, because we're going to wander down the primrose path to TikTok now and see a recent viral video that uh, showcases two Asian kids speaking in an in and out, I guess, giving their food review as though anyone cared what they had to say about it. And in the process, a drunk or ridiculous, mentally unstable person who comes along and speaks to these kids. So this viral video went viral um, and racked up uh, 20 million views and counting and did so over the Christmas break. So I wanted you guys to see it. So here it is. We
2: had a light well fry before. What is a light well fry? Okay, it's French. You filming yourself eating? Yeah. You're weird normal yeah. <laughs> Why me, man? Why me? I just want to eat my fried Dutchman and peace, girl. <laughs> I feel like this is a fever dream. Is it still the 24th? Is it still Christmas Eve? It's because I'm ethnic. Honestly, for eating this flying Dutchman, I kind of feel like I deserve to be a Well,
0: that actually happened.
2: That really did actually just happen. Are you Japanese said, or Korean? Oh, I'm Korean. Yeah, you're Korean. Kim Jong-un's boyfriend, huh? You're Kim Jong-un's boyfriend? Yeah, you know, we have been acquainted. You had gay sex with him. Ooh, would not go that far. We're only on second base. He hasn't taken me out to dinner
0: yet. Can I take you out to dinner?
2: Come on! Stop!
1: Stop! Stop!
0: Leave,
2: nothing. Stop. I'm I'm stop! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry, my bad. I didn't see anything. You didn't see anything. No, sir. I'm like
2: Nothing. it spit in your face and some Filipino shoes. Sure. want some Filipino shoes. Why are you acting like that? Dude, bad. Oh you get assaulted. Oh my god! Only in San Ramon.
0: So before we go any further, what I have to do is just underscore, highlight the banality of the the things that are produced on TikTok. Listen, I know there's probably good things on TikTok, very rare, um, and creating a platform for content invites this kind of moronic stuff to take place. But who actually wants to watch this kind of stuff? And who actually likes this kind of stuff? And and I'm talking about the show that they were, the video they were trying to produce before this guy stepped in and the one afterwards. So needless to say, maybe they should go back to dancing. And that's a little less foolish and ridiculous and a waste of time than what we're actually seeing when these kind of TikTokers open their mouth. But pushing that aside, the reason this video went viral is because of what this man that was off camera said to these two young... Mm -hmm to these two young people, and he obviously is drunk or mentally unstable and needs some help. So, sure, pray for the guy and get him that help. But the one thing that surely shouldn't have happened is that he he should have been arrested for hate crimes. I mean, free speech still is a thing, right, unless we're going to redefine what free speech is. And, of course, that is exactly what they've done in California. So when I saw this and saw that this man had been arrested... Because he apparently violated a penal code in California, I had to research it and look at it and see why this guy was arrested. Because maybe you would agree what this man did, evil, gross, immoral, but not illegal. Merely practicing free speech in America, well, maybe in the Republic of California, maybe not, but but at least in America, still not illegal. I don't like it. I don't endorse it. But should he have been arrested? So let's look at this penal code to see exactly how broad this language is and how broad the definition of um, hate speech or what a hate crime is in California and how it encapsulates hate speech. So according to this penal code, it says that free speech is a hate crime because according to California Penal Code 422.6, it makes it illegal to interfere with another's rights because that person possesses any actual or perceived characteristic protected by the law. Hate crimes like this are punished by a year in county jail and up to a $5,000 fine. So let's get this right. This man called Kim Jong-un his boyfriend and made some other racial rhetorical remarks to this couple and then was arrested for that. Now, again, I feel like it's totally unnecessary to say this, but what the man said was deplorable, but illegal. Free speech isn't illegal as much as the left wants it to be. And now this guy could face up to five a $5,000 fine and a year in jail as a result of opening his mouth and making these kids feel bad about themselves or feeling awkward. And Again, with the language of that penal code, it's so broad, you don't actually know what's illegal because the code says this, that it is illegal to interfere with another's rights because that person possesses a characteristic or perceived characteristic. Okay, so again, how did this individual interfere with this person's right? What is it, the right to make a TikTok video? I didn't think that was a thing. And if it were, can we make that illegal? The Point being... This, this man didn't do anything illegal. He might have done something immoral, but he didn't do anything illegal. And it is for that reason that this penal code crime is a complete joke. Not to mention the fact that, obviously, these kind of issues create the reminder for us that real instances of hate are so rare that uh, that the, the desire, the demand for hate crimes clearly outweigh the supply to the point where California is now penalizing people who make bad racial jokes about other people while they're out in public. But here's my biggest problem with this story, going back to the actual theme of the show today. The biggest problem with this video is not that this guy was arrested for a hate crime, which amounts to just basically free speech, or the fact that these kids were inconvenienced and then became viral as a result of it. My real problem with this is that this video redefines what an actual achievement is in society. It's now become the case that because of TikTok and other places like it, those who can complain the loudest are the ones who are rewarded for it the most. And as we all know, that which is rewarded is often repeated. And so we're told by posting viral videos like this that we're actually changing the world and we're taking a stand. The problem with that is this, is that it redefines what courage actually is. Now, far be it from me to actually encourage violence as a form of courage, because it's not. And I want to be clear about that. However, real courage would have looked like that young boy standing up for himself and asking that man to go away. And if it got heated, defending himself and the young lady beside him if absolutely necessary. That's what real courage looks like. Cowering behind a video and then posting it later to get attention for yourself is the epitome of narcissism, not cowardice is it any wonder that we've confused those two things today that we can build a platform on supposed hate crimes and not really build it on a young man being brave for once in his life real bravery looks like this by the way in case you're curious real courage has nothing to do with posting on tiktok it looks like loving your family Being a dad, being a mom who cares more about her kids than establishing her career, um, establishing a legacy here on this earth so that people will remember you when you're gone, standing up for something bigger than yourself. And sure, racism is one of those things, but you'd have to show me how what this video did even moves the needle a bit because real bravery is not being a keyboard warrior. Real bravery is taking a real stand against injustice. And until we understand bravery in those terms, we'll never actually understand the word at all. But speaking of redefining words... Boy, this Biden administration is great at it, aren't they? Because one of the chief vectors of misinformation in society right now is the Biden administration, who const- constantly wants to redefine words to get away with the bad policies that they continue to institute. And now that we're in January of 2023, some of the things that Biden has signed into law in the past are about to go into effect. And we have no reason to believe anything other than that it will continue to compound the economic crisis that we're currently in that was largely created by Biden and his policies. So according to Yahoo Finance, on January 1, an array of the laws provisions will touch many corners of American life from the costs of prescription drug costs and a new corporate minimum tax to a host of new tax credits as part of Washington's biggest attempt to turn the tide on climate change. We're just getting started, President Biden recently said in a speech. Now, folks, I don't know if that's a threat or a promise, but if he's just getting started, can you imagine what 2023 is going to look like economically for people in the United States? Um, Could you just please stop while you're ahead? Listen, Biden's policies have either created or compounded inflation, leading to a stock market at its lowest in 2022 since 2008 and a recessionary cycle that's so bad we haven't seen anything like it since the 1980s. The Nasdaq is down nearly 34% since the year's start. And the S&P is down 20 percent. Tens of thousands of tech jobs have been vanishing, along with so many others. And according to The Washington Post, quote, Biden's rescue plan made inflation worse, but the economy better. At least they're willing to tell a little bit of the truth. The <laughs> inflation is worse, but the economy is better. Try to make sense of that one. But but at least there's a little sliver of truth in there. But but see if you can uh, make sense of this article that's a little bit straightforward. Um, And the headline says this. We spent the day with Larry Summers, the economist who predicted inflation would spiral out of control. He's still afraid. And for those of you who don't know, Larry Summers is a Harvard economist and was influential in the Biden administration as well as the Clinton administration. So no right winger here, to say the least. But listen, you don't have to rely upon journalists actually telling you the truth in headlines to know. Biden has made things worse for us all. All you have to do Is trust your lying eyes. Here's the Ministry of Truth director herself, Karine Jean Pierre, doing what she does best, lying for a living. Things are going so great, though. Then why is it the White House officials are trying to redefine recession?
2: No, we're not redefining recession.
0: If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's Something else. How is that not redefining recession?
1: Because that's not the definition.
2: That is not the definition.
0: Brian said in 2008. Of course, economists have a technical definition, which is of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth.
2: I can tell and then you yesterday this.
0: Yesterday, said mm-hmm. two two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of a recession. It what is not. Changed?
2: It is not. Why did he say that it, it was is not?
0: Well, that's not a recession, is it? I'm telling you the Ministry of Truth is just on point on a regular basis when that woman steps to the mic. So what is a recession then?
1: Um uh you know uh, um uh.
0: So let's go back to the clip I showed you and um illustrate something here. So Ducey from Fox News is asking her um in that clip about White House economic advisor Brian Dees who was sent out in 2022 to define recession for us. And he told us that uh, the usual definition is not the definition that economists have traditionally relied upon. But some footage resurfaced in 2008 where Deese made comments that revealed that all the way back in 2008, he stated that recession is the actual technical definition of recession that is two negative quarters of GDP growth. And so he said back in 2008, that's what a recession is. So, The left has continually done this, and the Biden administration in particular. They've redefined the word woman, gain of function, and now they're trying to redefine recession for us. They change words consistently because they wish to try to change reality. Now, why do they want to change reality? Well, they want to control it. That's why. See, they understand something that we need to understand, and especially for those of us who are Christians. We need to understand... That the world was created by words. So the left here is actually practicing what they preach a little bit better than we do. They understand that language is powerful. And for those of us who believe what is written in Genesis 1, we also should believe that language is powerful because it created the world that we know. It created reality. And so the left understands this and they want to create reality by lying to you about reality. By redefining things, broadening out definitions, so that a woman can mean any number of things, including a man. They say things like love is love, which is the stupidest definition of love anyone has ever come up with, and that no person is illegal. Well, the reality is that's not true because illegal aliens are illegal. Our understanding of reality is predicated upon definitions. Now, listen, when we say that. A boy is this, or a girl is this, sure, we're using subjective words that change over time to try to define something. But we are trying to explain, if you're doing it right anyway, objective reality through using language. So this is the argument that uh, left-wing gender ideologues consistently say, that like, hey, language is subjective it can mean whatever you want it to mean and we're just trying to use these things to describe things so when i say that i'm a woman even though i'm a biological male i'm just describing how i actually feel and words are basically fungible and we can do whatever we want to with them this is not the way language has worked in any society throughout the history of the world sure words change language changes but the one thing that doesn't change is that language is an ad- an attempt to describe an objective reality. If the words that you are using don't do that, then you're using the wrong words. And you can't just change definitions in order to make those words that you're using match what you're trying to make them mean. So why do words and definitions matter? Well, in Hayek's seminal work, The Road to Serfdom, he explains that socialists throughout history changed definitions to control people and society. This is why your voice matters. This is why the truth matters. Without it, we don't have anything to offset the diabolical nature of newspeak. And we will consistently spiral out of control, consistently changing reality along the way until we have destroyed everything that is true. So yeah, the Bible may give you some encouragement on being quiet, but it does so so that you can listen for the purpose of speaking the truth effectively. So listen as long as you need to, to speak the truth effectively. Because as long as you're willing to speak the truth and speak it loudly, you can make a difference in the world. Because small tremors create big earthquakes. And that's why we must not consider silence an option. So I hope you're not. All right, that's all the time we have for today. So don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And if you like what you heard, to comment down below. Oh, and most importantly, Go with God.